You're listening to an adult Sunday school class at Redeemer Church, a PCA congregation in Hudson, Ohio. For more information, visit us at RedeemerOhio.org. Okay, so this morning we have what I would like to call a filler episode in our um, normal Sunday school programming, so come back next week to get back into the normal flow of things. But uh, this morning's class came out of a discussion um, that happened at a recent joint meeting um, between the elders and the deacons um, talking about um, the, the providential growth and the blessing that that has been of bringing more and more people, seeing more and more people come to Redeemer. But with that, you have more and more people who have varying backgrounds within the church or not, without, not within the church. And one of the deacons called out at that point in time, with that comes uh, in various denominations and even in particular churches, a very differing view specifically on the office of the deacon, what the deacon does, what their responsibilities are. And so we were given the opportunity then to have a Sunday school class to talk a little bit about that specifically to both what the PCA office of the deacon is, uh, what our deacons are asked to do, and then talk a little bit specifically about um, the deacons you have now, and Lord willing, we'll have more of here in the next few weeks. Um, and then I'm going to, after that point, turn it over to Danny, who's going to talk to talk about some of the practical practical outworking of that in his life and as we all serve together. So um, the first half of uh, this discussion here is just going to be talking again about um, what is it that the PCA says a deacon is, and then what is it that uh, we as Redeemer's deacons um, try to do. Um, So in the book of church order, um, chapter 9, the whole chapter is dedicated to the office of the deacon, and in section 9-2 it Uh, calls this out in terms of what are the responsibilities of a deacon within the PCA. So um, it is the duty of the deacons to minister to those who are in need, to the sick, to the friendless, and to any who may be in distress. It is their duty also to develop the grace of liberality in the members of the church, to devise effective methods of collecting the gifts of the people, and to distribute those gifts among the objects to which they are contributed, and they shall have the care of the property of the congregation, both real and personal, and shall keep in proper repair the church edifice and other buildings belonging to the congregation. So I break that up into four main points, and I just want to step through each of those um, briefly. The first of which, and I think the most important of which, and there's a reason why it is first, because it is the foundational element that led to um, the creation of the office of deacon is this call to minister to those who are in need, to the sick, to the friendless, and to any who may be in distress. And I think it's important with this point to tie it back all the way back to the Old Testament. The office of the deacon didn't exist in the Old Testament, but the foundations are there in the Old Testament. Um, The care for the poor was to set apart the people of Israel Um, And if you look all throughout the Pentateuch and multiple books in the Old Testament, there are specific calls to the people of Israel for them to care for the poor, the needy, the orphan, the widow, the sojourner, the foreigner. And those calls, as uh, Moses says in Deuteronomy 4, related to the law that the Lord was giving to his people, he says, keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there 
that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him. And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? So all of the commands and statutes that the Lord was giving to the people of Israel, including their call to care for the poor and the needy, the widow and the orphan amongst their people, was to set them apart, to make them different from the other nations in the land, and to point those nations to this people is called and set apart to glorify God. And so we have there then this set aside specific command to the people to care. We transition through and that stays within the culture of the people of Israel into New Testament times. Christ arrives. He doesn't uh, get rid of the moral law. He extends and expands upon the moral law, becoming love your neighbor as yourself. We now are all responsible for loving all who are within in our sphere of influence. And then we get to the early church in Acts. And what happens? This expectation of caring for the poor, caring for the widow and the orphan is still there. They all understand that responsibility. And just like the people of Israel, the early church did a perfect job and were, were hitting it how they should, Right. No, actually, just like the prophets in the Old Testament called the people of Israel out time and time again, specifically for the way in which they were failing to care for the poor, the needy, the widow, the orphan, there's an issue in the early church where the widows weren't being served. And so it was then at that point that we have in the early church in Acts the establishment of the office of deacon. And so this has been the original call, and this is always in various denominations um, the key cornerstone of what it is that the deacons are called to do. And then some of the outworkings thereof and some of the secondary items don't align, and so we'll talk about those a little bit now. Um, The second item of those um, uh, specific roles and responsibilities that the PCA calls out is this item of It is the duty also to to develop the grace of liberality in the members of the church. Now, that has traditionally in many circumstances meant specifically um, how do we lead and help the congregation learn how to be good stewards of what the Lord has given them financially and then to give generously thereof. Um, And this this terminology is typically tied back to this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. But as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and all earnestness and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. But... I would say we here at Redeemer and and many others as well like to extend this beyond just talking about our treasure. Um, And if you go back in time, um, there was a Sunday school class that we had about stewardship in the past that talked about three T's of stewardship, time, talent, and treasure. And so we would, I guess, take a little bit more liberal view of the grace of liberality in saying, We are here and want to encourage the congregation and the people of God to be gracious and to uh, be open-handed, not only with their treasure, but also with their time and their talents. 
And this is something that is um, a, a challenge for us at times because we're not aware necessarily of all of the needs that exist in the congregation. Both talking about the needs of those who may be poor or sick or maybe uh, spiritually down. Um, we are sinful men. And so opportunities come to us and we see and we engage. And sometimes we don't, when we're having conversations with people, we don't probe far enough. We don't ask the hard questions like we should. Um, but we're also a limited, finite number of, of men. And so we can't, in a growing congregation, be aware of all of the needs of the congregation, be they uh, physical needs, be they spiritual needs, etc. And so that is where you all come in, in in terms of helping us. When you know of a need, we ask you to please come to us. Um, just yesterday at our community group, um, uh, Ruth Ann Hoddle was telling me of a need that was expressed during the ladies' tea. Obviously, none of the deacons were at the ladies' tea yesterday, so we didn't know about it. But she was willing to come to me and say, hey, there's something that came up during our discussions at the tea that you all should probably know about. And, and I appreciated that, and I thank her, and now that's something that we can follow up on. Um, so when it comes to ministering to uh, the poor and the needy and then also encouraging folks, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a difficult thing of not knowing where their needs are. And then also we can assess in general um, that the Grissett boys are really good at, uh, or men now, sorry for calling you boys, but um, they're, very, they're very handy gentlemen and they're really willing and always willing to help somebody out with a physical project at their house. But we can't assess everybody throughout the congregation to know what is it that you have skills and capability and time to do, and how are you willing to use that to serve the body? So please come to us with those things as well, um, so that we know that if there's a need that arises, you are somebody that we could tap to help out with that particular item. Um, the next item, Devise effective methods, I really like this one, um, devise effective method, methods of collecting the gifts of the people and to distribute these gifts among the objects to which they are contributed. And when I was thinking about this, um, for pre preparing for this, of is our process sending three deacons down the aisles with baskets an effective method of collecting the gifts of the people? Um, and as I thought about it more, I said, I think effective, yes, maybe efficient, no, but um, other churches have transitioned over to um, giving wholly online, um, gone away from um, the passing of baskets during uh, the worship service. Um, we have, if you aren't aware, we do allow for online giving. Um, that is something that uh, we lagged quite a, a long way behind on because we weren't sure if we really wanted to do that. Um, and uh, we, uh, the deacons and the session are in lockstep of we have now allowed it, but we will not allow giving online out of debt. So we don't accept donations via credit, for example. Um, but we are also very much in lock, lockstep with the session that collection is a part of the called worship service of the church and is also that act of giving, that discipline of giving is also an act of worship. And so it should be part of the worship service. So while it may not be as efficient or as effective as potentially giving via text message, it is something that we are all uh, in agreement on that it should remain as part of um, our worship service. Now you may see, uh, if we have more bodies, you may actually see four deacons 
uh, going down the aisles instead of just three. It might be, you know, a revolutionary change, but uh, <laughs> we shall see in the, in the coming weeks. Um, the, the BCO also does allow for the, the concept of special collections where there, where there is need. Um, we have not uh, traditionally done that uh, very often here at Redeemer, um, and a lot of that has come down to um, generosity, and generosity amongst the session and amongst the people of the church meeting those needs without having to actually have a special collection. But I didn't want to call it out that it is something that can happen um, and is um, something that can be asked for of the deacon. Um, and then managing the distribution. Uh, and, and so this is something where we definitely covet your prayers as the deacons. Uh, you all are faithful in giving to the Lord. And part of that money that you give to the Lord is set aside for the deacons to use as a, as a fund to help those that are in need financially. Um, that includes people within our church, but also those that come. And we do have folks from the community, the extended community, that come to the church asking for money and asking for help. And at times, those needs are great, uh, asking for rent payments and bill payments and things. Um, and so over time, we have worked uh, very diligently to try to find out how we can best engage in these conversations with, with people who are in need, many of which who need to hear the gospel first and foremost, um, and be, a, uh, be salt and light to them and, and try to meet their need where it arises, but also be good stewards of the money that you all have given to the church and not just give it all away to people who are here for a, a quick handout. Um, and so we do have a, a process where we meet with people. We ask them to come to worship services if they are asking for a significant financial need. Um, and we try to engage them because they need the gospel first and foremost and the money secondarily. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't always work. But those conversations are, are obviously very hard and difficult to assess. And, and we definitely covet your prayers and having those conversations with folks outside of the church, but then also Internally to the church, um, we want to make ourselves available and do make ourselves available to those who may have um, financial needs and, and do need assistance. Um, but we, as part of those processes, we like to work with people to understand how can we potentially help you budget? How can we potentially help you um, organize your finances or work out a plan to pay off these debts um, in, a, in a more effective way. And, and so this is, uh, I guess it's a, a messy part of uh, the, the roles and responsibilities of deacon. It's one that we take seriously, and it's one that, again, we, we always can use prayer um, for as we deal with these um, particular situations. And the final item, which historically has kind of been an add-on to the office of deacon, is the care for the property. They shall care for the property of the con congregation, both real and personal. I actually asked, asked Pastor Pilon about that term personal, if that meant that we own the pastors and we get to care for them specifically. He did not think that was the right interpretation of what personal says there. Um, and shall keep in proper repair the church edifice and other buildings belonging to the con congregation. Um, and uh, first and foremost, I would say, you know, with the fruit flies flying around, um, with a big building come many responsibilities. Um, and we are, we are always thankful for the many folks who give of their time to come to the church building throughout the week and help 
um, with uh, minor repairs, with changes. Um, it is a, a blessing to us that people are willing to use their time and their talents to serve at this church because there is a lot that has to happen here. And also the effects of sin are very evident on how a building like this falls apart and seems to progressively do so quicker and quicker. And so um, there is one of our responsibilities that um, is we manage and plan major and minor project updates to the church. I'm not going to go through this in full, but just for this year, this was a list of the projected uh, or or budgeted for projects um, that the deacons are helping manage get done here at the building. Um, We are planning soon to get rid of this nice green carpet here in the fellowship hall um, and and other great things. And then some extras that didn't make it to the list, like the uh, water damage in the ladies' restroom and in the coat room due to... uh, all of the ice buildup over the winter. So uh, there's a lot that is going on um, here in the building and more that will be coming on because uh, the things fall apart and it's not as uh, all that cheap and easy to repair something of this size. Um, and we also try to sponsor work days when, when we have a list of items that need to get done. And, and this is just my general plea and encouragement to the group that um, all are welcome to work days. It's not all just heavy manual labor that we ask for at those things. Um, and so when they are there, please consider that as a time to come uh, work alongside others. Uh, it's always a great time of fellowship, some fellowship more than others. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> But anyway, it's a great way to serve alongside one another uh, in, in, in helping with the physical plant here at the church. So this next uh, item is going to be pretty quick that I just wanted to, to cover. So you all are familiar a little bit about what we specifically do within our organization. So within the PCA, um, the deacons are organized as a board. So there is a board chair, um, which right now I am the acting board chair of the deacons. So I have... Um, added responsibilities of calling meetings, creating agendas, communicating out um, on behalf of the board of deacons. We have a secretary that Chad is our acting secretary right now. But we back in 2018 thought it would be a good idea to try to align um, all of the many responsibilities of the office and, and responsibilities of this building to particular deacons to um, not only make ourselves responsible to each other on making sure things are getting done in our areas of purview, but also at the time, it was also to make the congregation aware of, hey, there are particular point deacons who are responsible for certain things. So if you have a question about the landscaping, uh, please go talk to Ray or If you have a question about a computer, please stop asking me, ask Chad. (laughs) So that that's my formal my formal plea. Um, But anyway, we, I think, made that uh, made that public in 2018. And I don't think we've talked about it since. Um, So here's a reminder to us and to you that we do have some um, breakdowns within the the current set of deacons as to what we are responsible for so that if you have a question about something outside of the building talk to ray if it's something about inside the building like the security alarm beeping for the last year and a half talk to danny Um, things like that so um, this is something that exists we will be updating it uh, lord willing again in a couple weeks when with uh, with new men being added to um, the group and we will make it an intentional endeavor to uh, 
update you all when we make those updates and keep this front, in front of mind so that you know and you know who to come in, uh, and talk to. Yes, sir? What is RSF? Yeah, sorry. So that's, so um, Deacon Stevenson came up, he likes to come up with acronyms for everything. Um, <laughs> RSF stands for Redeemer Security Force. Um, <laughs> So the so the random the random gentleman who's just sitting in the narthex during service and looks very uh, foreboding and keeps us all safe. Um, that's the your redeemer security force. Um, so uh, yes, yeah, so that's what RSF stands for. If you're interested in serving on the RSF, please do see Ray. He's he's the one who manages that scheduling. So um, uh, there you go. Uh, yes. Is there a way for us to have access to this? Like maybe you could email us this list so we know a little bit about or ask about. Yes, yes, we can and we should. Yes, we can and we should. And we will do a better job of, of keeping those lines of communication open. Yes, Tom? Yeah, uh, designated gifts. How does the church deal with that? We generally do not accept or try not to accept designated gifts. Um, we prefer things go into the general fund and be distributed and um, organized based on the, the current needs of, of the church. Um, there's a lot of discussion that goes in, obviously, from Sessions' perspective and putting the yearly budget together, um, working with us to talk about maintenance and upkeep and, and particular needs. Um, there have been exceptions to that rule at times, and so if there is a... A particular designated gift, I would say you, you would be talking to the elders and deacons about that particular thing. But in general, we don't try to accept designated gifts. Um, and the last item that I'm going to touch on before I hand to Danny here, just uh, again briefly, something that I don't think we communicated out um, is we very recently decided to align deacons to elder flock groups with the intention not necessarily of giving you an individual personal deacon. I am not someone's deacon necessarily, but if you are in Elder Gilliland's flock group, um, we want you to know that Ray Sirko and I are assigned to his flock group as if you have a diaconal need, um, you can feel free to come to us as your flock group deacons to get some, you know, get that word out. And or we do have issues where times we have both an elder and a deacon working with somebody on a particular issue. This makes it easier for us as well to keep those things, things organized. Um, it's not a hard and set rule, but it's a way to try and uh, make it easier for everybody to engage with deacons and uh, get questions answered. Yes, Derek? A flock group. Wow. Well, their designations for the Redeemer Olympics is the first and primary. Um, but the elders have a flock groups, which, are, which are, is a list of members that they are responsible for um, having meetings with, elder check-ins with, as well as uh, in terms of praying for and having general oversight and care for a particular group of people. It's a way to make it easier for them. Um, to engage with, with issues and, and oversight and shepherding within the congregation. Is that a good answer, you'd say? Okay. So there you are. Yes, Bonnie. Uh, I know Jennifer Cook has an empty box out here. She's hard-pressed to find something to put in it. If you have something that you want to Right. I think at one point we had something similar, but I agree. 
and and that we will take that under advisement. I, I think that's also a good idea. So thank you, Bonnie. So I'm going to stop now and hand it over to Deacon Stevenson. And again, please keep asking questions as we go. So I'm kind of a one-trick pony. So about a year ago, I got to teach on service, the spiritual discipline of service. And um, when this topic came up and we decided to teach on the diaconate, um, I volunteered to teach on service from the deacon's point of view. So um, we will go through that. Sam had already started uh, talking about the BCO. I wanted to go through the BCO also, um, the very first section here. The office of deacon is set forth in the scriptures as ordinary and perpetual in the church. The office is one of sympathy and service after the example of the Lord Jesus. It expresses also the communion of saints, especially in their helping one another in time of need. So this is first and foremost the responsibility and the charge of a deacon. Um, I did not come up in the Reformed tradition. I did not come up in a Presbyterian form of government. So when I came to Redeemer, I really had no idea what a deacon did. Um, there was very little visibility, didn't quite understand the office. So um, prior, to be a de prior to being a deacon, and I want to use this example explicitly because um, not understanding what a deacon did, this really helped me understand. So I was in an impossible situation, and I found out on a Tuesday that I needed to move a family member out of an apartment by Saturday. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? My uncle who lives out of town is like, hey, call your church. They might be able to help out. I'm like, hey, that's a good idea. So in that moment, I called two deacons. Um, I was very upset and uh, confused. I was overwhelmed with the task that was before me. And these two deacons, in the matter of two days, came and helped me move this apartment and they brought help, and I was completely amazed. Um, and I didn't realize that in that moment I could call somebody and they would just drop what they were doing. In that moment, they showed me sympathy and service. They knew that I needed help. Um, I thought about that example constantly through my candidacy as a deacon. In the example that was set forth to me about what a deacon was and what they do. Um, I still think of that moment to this day as the example that was set to me of what it means to show sympathy and service. Um, one other example of sympathy and service um, from a deacon's perspective. During our ordination, we were given a charge. And to, even to this day, I can hear Elder Gillen's voice in my head telling me to care for the people of this church. Um, I think about it constantly. I think about it during our meetings. I think about it when a diaconal need comes up that I need to care for the people of this church. It's my charge. It's my responsibility. It is the responsibility of all the deacons to do. And I take that charge very serious. And I'm thankful that 
in his wonderful voice, I can still hear it, to care for the people of this church. So, enough with the very serious stuff, and let's have a little bit of fun. Let's talk about the communion of saints. And what this does, it leads us to what's commonly called a Nate Bauer moment. (laughs) So for those of you who have had the pleasure of hearing Reverend Bauer preach, he loves to use pop culture references. So today I'm going to use a pop culture reference in the spirit of our... RUF pastor, Nate Bauer. So, in 2006, a cinematic masterpiece came out. It was called High School Musical. (laughs) So, as you can tell from the uh, title, it was very dramatic. There was a lot going on in the movie. But at the very end of the movie, everything came together. All the rights were wronged. Everything was good to go. Everybody was happy, and at the very end of the movie, they sing a song called, We're All in This Together. And, yeah, you could say, well, that's a cheesy musical, a cheesy high school movie for for youth. But if you really think about that song, there is some truth to it. Um, They repeat the word together so much during that song, it makes you think, like, wow. They really figured it out through this hour and a half <laughs> that it takes everybody to get things done. So that you hear uh, things like together, 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 repeated. Um, together, we're for each other every time. We make each other strong. That's the way we do it. Let's get to it. <laughs> right. Nate, I'll bring it down in a second, but I'm going to keep it up for two more minutes. (laughs) But it is true. Um, This life can be hard. Um, Not all the time. Sometimes it is all the time. And how do we get through that together? Um, I'm going to bring up some scriptures here in a second that reinforce that, but... Um, being together and serving one another are a balm in those times that are very difficult. Um, I've had times like that. Um, I know other people, I hope they've had times like that. But life can be hard. The deacons are here to help when times get hard. Don't be overwhelmed. We are ready to walk alongside of you and help you during those times that you're in need. So, let's talk about the one another of Scripture. Um, and here's a few of them. Um, we are commanded to do this, um, to serve one another. Galatians 5.13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Stir up one another to love and good works, Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works and care for one another, 1 Corinthians 12, 
25 and 26, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. This first Corinthians verse, I love it um, in talking about it in this topic. It is true. Let us um, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. We are more than willing to go down any path in anybody's life. Um, but speaking of serving, I have had the privilege over the last five years to be able to see some amazing serving happening at this church. Um, we create good memories with one another. So that right there is a um, swing set at the Parkins Move. And I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, we're not moving this thing. We couldn't fit it through the gate. And uh, we had a few fellows who were like, we're going to lift this up and put it over the gate. <laughs> no, you're not. And here we are um, lifting that over we create good memories, I think, back to the park and move uh, fondly and really enjoy those things. We got to move Cindy Beal yesterday, load up her truck. We had a great time of fellowship while we were doing it. It's not just about grunt work either. There are things that happen in this church that I hear about after the fact that I'm completely encouraged about. Rides being provided for people who need them. Meals being provided to people who need who need meals in that time and other things. There's probably examples that I have no clue has happened over um, the last five years, but it is always encouraging to know how this body serves one another. And as a deacon, um, I will speak for the rest of us when I say it is a pleasure to serve this body and to help everybody out in a time of need, to fellowship with you and um, that's about it, so I'll open that up. Uh, any questions, and Sam can answer any of these questions, and if so, we'll call on Chad to answer any questions, too. So, anything? Aaron. I just wanted to praise the deacons a little bit for, uh, during the whole COVID incident, um, you guys were stellar. Every time there's a little COVID scare in the house, we'd have a deacon to tell us, but hey, can we get you guys something? We run the story you get and then we to that would be good. Yeah. Pastor Wright. Yeah, I agree with that. Outstanding work by our teaching. Secondly, there are some lilies that you mentioned that we give out. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. All the lilies that are in there after service, feel free to take one if you would like. Um, hopefully that might help the fruit fly situation. I'm not sure. You, you okay there, Sam? You good? Yeah, I thought... Oh, got it. Jim. Any uh, particular effort or awareness for widows? Yeah. How that fits into Yeah, this absolutely... Um, <clears throat> this absolutely does uh, work into sympathy and service, and uh, there have been instances in, you know, with widows... Uh, that they do get extra care. Um, it is something that we talk about more so. Um, yeah, and we tried, in, in, any, in any life circumstance, um, good, bad, or indifferent, I think one of the deacons will reach out in that situation. So 
without saying too much more. That's right. Well, I know Deacon Stevenson wouldn't say it, but I know with uh, uh, the move yesterday that you have, but also for the first year after Art died, I think Deacon Stevenson was at Cindy's house every week putting in her softener salt, taking care of her lawn, and making sure everything was done well. So that's one example of caring for the windows for the great thing. Thank you for that, Amy. So um, we talked a little bit on the um, efficiency and effectiveness of collecting pressure. Now, how do you guys collect time and talent? In other words, how do you screen the chair to see, uh, you know, what member has what talent to offer and how you can appeal to that or pitch to that? Time is a difficult one because I've. I've come to realize that time is probably more of a commodity than treasure sometimes. Um, case in point, uh, this week with the move, everybody got a, a text message on Friday about uh, moving Cindy and loading up the truck. Um, up until about Thursday, I think I had four to five volunteers. The, and this happens historically through all moves. You send out the text push, and then all of a sudden you're going to get five, four or five more. Um, it's just constant reminders of when items come up to get people to, to help. Uh, there are times where there is an emergency. Uh, when the drywall fell from the ceiling on a Monday, uh, we just sent text messages out to people and people just showed up uh, in, the, in the moment's notice. Uh, treasure? Where was the other one? Talent. 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 How do you... Yeah, um, we don't have, uh, I think I'm on, yes. Um, so we have in, in our minds a running list of those who we know have helped in certain ways before, have certain capabilities. I mentioned the, the Grissets, for example, earlier. Um, we don't, though, have a catalog of, hey, we need an electrician. Uh, hey, uh, you know, Bob can do that. But we try to assemble that information over time as we see people serving, coming to work days, and showing aptitude to certain things. But also, um, this is a solicitation for a knowledge of if there is something, if you love doing drywall, please let the deacons know so that we can add that to our list of, um, hey, there's folks who have certain set of skills that we could use that might be helpful around the building. Or they could be very different skills of um, it's always helpful to know uh, if someone is a doctor or a nurse. They need a heart transplant. Uh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but but there have been there have been cases where you know kids have fallen out of trees and had you know had to get patched up uh, before we could send them you know and, and we need to know that. Maybe just to compile like a like a type of survey or something. Maybe. You know, we have talked about that in the past. Mm -hmm. that you usually need and then other options and things. Mm -hmm. People that have gifts that you're not aware of. Right. Right. Yeah. Any others? Sir? I know that there's a lot of babies coming around. And meals were an immense help. A huge, dramatic help. But there's also sometimes after that time there's there's just needing babysitters, needing needing other other things, just having having a way to to continue to care for the new a lot of new mothers. Mm -hmm. 
um, and just kept actively thinking about that. So that things, post part impression for just certain things that might be overwhelming to certain people mm -hmm. are able to be addressed, even when there's a lot of um, new babies. Right. No, and that and that's a that's a an obvious plug. I would say for um, part of the the responsibility and the and the taking up of office in the church is the acknowledgement of our wives, um, and and the the deacons' wives specifically are um, come alongside us where there's need. If if there's an issue with a, a single lady. Uh, we don't want to address that necessarily directly. Um, so our wives will come alongside us or they will act in our stead for certain conversations. And so um, I would say they and, and the elders' wives are, um, uh, are very generous and helpful in those areas. Um, while we don't necessarily have a formal program, it's something to think about. But uh, we do, again, have a, a, an abundance of those uh, folks who have uh, experience in um, various uh, situations of having young kids, having too many young kids, and we also have a great list of babysitters um, that, uh, amongst the church. Uh, you know, our own youth coming of age who like to babysit, um, as well as a lot of extended friends through Young Life and other things. Um, so, yeah, if there are those needs, uh, you know, we are willing to help and engage in those, especially with uh, with the helps of our our wives as well. I think we're at time. Uh, let me close us in prayer, and we will head over to worship. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, we again thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. Uh, we um, are amazed at how you have uh, brought together a, a group of sinners. You have uh, redeemed them through your Son and put them in this place to serve alongside one another. We are grateful for uh, the people of Redeemer Church. We are grateful for their willingness to serve one another and to love one another, uh, Lord. And, and we are encouraged uh, during these times to know that um, you care for your people. Uh, Lord, we ask now that you will uh, bless the worship service that we're about to enter into. And again, that uh, you will let this time be one where um, your people are edified and those who need to hear the truth of your word um, will, uh, will hear the gospel and, and respond to it through your spirit. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information or to connect with us, visit us at RedeemerOhio.org.